Now, if you notice, when we do teaching series, if you're writing a book, you have to know what comes next. All right? So last week, we talked about sowing and reaping. And we showed you we was not talking about money. Most people think when they give money, they sowing money. Like I said before, tell me where you put it, and I'll go get it. All right? Because you can't sow money. All right? God told you what to do. So we're going to go back there last week. Uh, just to start, let me, I'm going to give you my subject first, and then we're going to do that. Okay? Then we're going to do that. All right? Uh, let's go to the subject for today, Galatians chapter 2. Now, remember, we talked last week on Galatians chapter uh, 6, which we're going to show you that. Uh, let's go back to Galatians chapter number 2 today, because we wanna, we're teaching the Apostle Paul ministry, and we're going through the instructions uh, uh, that God gave us through the Apostle Paul, things, what we should do in the churches, how we should live in the church. See, see number one, when you, when you get born of the Spirit, the first thing you're supposed to do after you get born again is learn how to grow. That's the thing you got to do. You got to learn how to grow. You got to get some teaching so you can grow up. All right? I know, I know a lot of people in the church like to serve. And I want to say to you, if you just come to this ministry or back to this ministry or something like that, we don't pressure you for service when you first come into the church. That's something we would like for you to get into. But when you first come into the church, you need to make sure you're saved and grow. Because once you get the service, get the serving, you can get hurt. When you serve too early, that, that's what the Bible tells us. Because if you serve too early and you haven't grown to being spiritual or mature, you can get offended. And then you'll leave the church because somebody stepped on your foot. All right? So you got to understand, when you're going to serve, somebody's going to hurt your feelings. Let me say it to the lights. When you start serving, somebody's going to hurt your feelings. It, it's going to come. It's going to happen one day. All right. But at the same time, that's why you're supposed to be mature so you can be able to handle it. Amen? All right. Now, let's move on. Galatians chapter 2, where we're going to start today. And we want to we start looking at verse 7 through 10. Those are going, verses we want to start out on because I want to share with you today at this house and all those people uh, watching us on television. I know we don't have time to call their names out, but let's just give the Lord a great big hand for those people who's watching us on television. My wife just welcomed you. I'm welcoming you again. All right. You're welcome. Welcome. Thank you so very much. Okay. So Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 7. I'm going to come back to this camera here. Amen. Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 7. All right, we're going to read verse 7 through verse 10 because this is where we get our subject. Remember, when you read the word, the word will jump out when God tells you what he wants you to do in the church. He does to me anyway. Uh, Galatians chapter 2 verse 7. But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed to me and the gospel of the circumcision was to Peter, for he that wrought effectively in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, 
They gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. Most people understand when you give the right hand of fellowship, is they already been released in the ministry in Acts chapter number 13. And, 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 and we, you read that first few chapter, verses in there, it's when they were released in the ministry. Now they receive the right hand of fellowship. Now they are now starting their ministry. And when Paul, and when they saw what they was ministering, see, now they had grown up in the Lord. So here in verse number 10 says, only they would. They gave us the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the heathen and they to the circumcision. Now they was in agreement with what they were doing. Verse number 10, only they would that we should remember the poor. So that's what I want you to underline because that's what we're going to talk about today. All capital letters. Remember the poor. The same, Paul says, which I also was forward to do. All right, now, we're going to show you what God's plan and, and, and with the Apostle Paul and how he used the Apostle Paul. Uh, and this is, this is really awesome. But I thought that I was going to have to minister on cheerful giving. Cheerful giving is within this, within this teaching. But I'm going back to show you how it started. Because I showed you sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping, we showed you had to do with your life. Let me go back and just... Galatians, while you're there, look at chapters. Uh, so we talk about capital letters, remember the poor. All right. Now, let's, let's go back to Galatia. And this is why you had these things like cheer forgiving, sowing and reaping. All right. Now, in Galatians chapter number six, and verse seven and eight, Galatians 6, 7, 8, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth. Now remember, the whole thing that his, his theme is, remember the poor. Because I'm going to show you what they were doing. They were, every church they would go to, they would take up offerings, finances were given from the Gentile church to take care of the people over in Jerusalem, which were Jews. So you have to see what was going on. And so when they gave a word like Romans, uh, Galatians 6, 7, 8, be not deceived, God not mock, whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Then the next verse told you how was they sowing and reaping. Verse number 8 says, he that soweth to his flesh. Now that, that means how he lives his life. If he sowed to the flesh, how he lives his life in the flesh, Shall the flesh reap corruption? Then also, but he that soweth his life in the spirit, or he that sowed to the spirit, or live his life in the spirit, shall also reap everlasting life. So he's telling you what you got coming. All right? And then I gave you Romans 8, 13. Just one verse. Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 13. Romans chapter number 8, verse 13. Just one verse. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 13. Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 13. So you will see, you will see what, uh, what Paul is talking about. Because whatever he's talking about, he's telling you all through the word of God. Romans chapter 8 verse number 13. Just one verse. 
There it is. If you live after the flesh, see, it's the same thing. It said, be not to see God, not mocked. Whatever man sowed, that shall he also reap. So here he said, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do modify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So that's what you got to understand uh, what sowing and reaping is. All right. Now, that's last week teaching. There's a lot on last week teaching. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to give you another verse. Uh, it's gonna, this is going to lead into uh, what I'm doing now. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. But let's get this introduced first. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse number 7 through 11. Deuteronomy. So when Paul told him to remember the poor, he was talking about God had already said before. Because these people he was talking to here, were Gentiles, but at the same time, they were still, had not come under the fullness effect of God's grace yet. All right? So here in Deuteronomy chapter number 15 and verse 7 through verse 11, we're going to go all the way back to Deuteronomy. The word Deuteronomy means God is saying it again. So when you get to the new covenant, you'll hear it. Verily, verily, I say unto you, or truly, truly, I say unto you, or again I say unto you, that's Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy means I'm telling you again. All right. So Deuteronomy chapter number 15. All right. And we're going to look at verse number 7 through verse number 11. And that chapter told them how to treat the poor. And that's why we want to make sure in this house, because when you're talking about giving in this church, People do not understand about giving. I'm going to show you how to destroy poverty in your own life. And I'm going to show you it all comes out to one thing is giving. And most people don't understand why God wants you to be a cheerful giver. Because he does not want you to be broke, busted, and disgusted. All right. All right. Because because. It's not, a, it's not just when you sow, you'll get money back. That's not what he's talking about. He's, he wants you to come to a place for you to be a cheerful giver. And, and I know a lot of people in this church, uh, they'll jump up right now and say, I'm a cheerful giver, you know. But I believe that if you have not exceeded what they asked for in tithe, you are not a cheerful giver yet. In the old covenant, old covenant, the law demanded the tithe. The new covenant, God provides. Old Testament, he demanded. So if you didn't do an Old Testament, it cost you your life. Because you had broke God's covenant. It's not that we're in a new covenant. But since you are saved, since you have the spirit, then we want you to know what grace you have. Because in the church, you, you don't need to do nothing you don't have the grace for. And see, that's why I'm a man of God, and I have to understand you do nothing without the grace. And that's what happened. It's no different than uh, my daughter. My daughter have to have this gift to do what she's doing. She have to know the people is in the choir who got the grace to sing that song. Because she does not, I'm going to call her into the office I'll see her for the day is over, and I will say to her, never again. 
never again. She just sang never alone. I'm saying, well, never again. Okay. <laughs> because first of all, you have to have the grace to sing that. So that's what we have to understand how to do things in the church. Don't get mad. Everybody in the church have a special gift from God to do something. And see, what happens is when you don't do your part, the church suffers. There are people in this church. Now, don't come to me and tell me, Pastor, I think you're talking about me. If I am, then get your act together. But there are people in this church can't sit through a service. Because they'll come in, they'll sit down for five minutes, and when they're gone, they'll come back into the service. Find something else to do. You got to have time for the word. That's why we're not having children church. All those teachers that teach in children church, stand up where you're at. Uh, raise your hand if you would do that. You teach in the children church. Look, these people teach in the children church. How many of you are enjoying being over here? I'm just waiting on you. Nobody can say amen but you. How many are enjoying being here? Okay, so I got to give them a chance to refresh refill, whatever. You know what I mean? So when I go back doing children church again, then they're going to be on the other side. They have a chance now to be taught. Remember, we, do a, we did a teaching called Teaching the Teacher. Series of teaching. All right? And that's my responsibility to make sure I teach the teacher. Because everything we teach on this side, we teach on that side to the children. All right. Now, Deuteronomy, here we go. Deuteronomy chapter number 15. And verse 7, I therefore, let me go to your camera. If therefore be among you. Okay, we are in the uh, Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 7. If therefore, if there be, I'm sorry, if there be among you a poor man of one of thy brethren within thy gates in thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not harden thy heart not shut thine hand from thy poor brother. Now, this was under the law. All right. But thou shalt open thy hand wide unto him, and thou shalt surely lend unto him. He's talking about your brother. Now, he's not talking about somebody you don't know. Open your, open your heart. Don't harden your heart, nor shut thine hand from thy poor brother. But thou shalt open thy hand wide unto him, and shall lend unto him sufficient for his need in that which he wanted for his need now. Beware that it be not a thought in your wicked heart saying the seven year, the year releases at hand. Otherwise, the seven year mean everybody, everything went back to normal. Everything that everybody had, they got it back. So he said, now don't, don't be talking about no seven release. This guy needs something now. Uh, thy poor brother, and thou giveth him naught, and he cried to the Lord against you, and it shall be sin to you. Thou shalt surely give him, and thy heart shall not be grieved. Remember, Old Testament says, you give, and how you give, not grudgingly, nor, this is what he's talking about. And then your, you sh your, thine heart shall not be grieved when you give to him. Because thou, for this thing, the Lord thy God, shall bless thee in all your works and in all that you put your hand to. See, how they, how they treated the poor is why God blessed and multiplied them. 
they could not be in poverty because they had to help people. So you got to understand, I'm going to show you when you help the poor, you loan unto the Lord. And that which you have loaned him, the Lord will pay you again. See, most people don't understand they got a chance to help somebody when they meet somebody who don't have anything. You got to understand something, that's your opportunity. All right, and then in verse number uh, 11 said, for the poor shall never cease out of the land. Jesus had the same thing. Therefore, now to them it was a command. Therefore, I command you. It was not an option. Thou shalt open your hand wide unto your brother, your poor brother, and to the needy in the land. It wasn't an option. It was a, it was a command. See, you are not commanded. You're not under law. But since you have the Holy Spirit, you ought to remember the poor. You ought to have. See, that's what this ministry does. You give to this ministry. I'm not talking about everybody because I'm going to show you that everybody has their special gift from God. And we're going to show you the grace that people have. And that's why Paul says, if you don't work, you don't eat. See, when you hear all of those kind of terms, you see, when everybody in the church, you have to look at the church as one big house. And in one big house, everybody have responsibility. Because we are one body. But we do have people in the church who need groceries. And people do not understand that in this ministry, we purchase groceries. They're not given to us. And when we say we purchase, we purchase. Our freezer has chicken in it right now, soup in it right now. We make sure this. We got a store, we call a storehouse. We got food in there. People need groceries today. They can get groceries. We have people down there just about every Sunday. But we do this. But see, what people have to understand, it comes from the people in here who gives. See, what you have to understand something, you have to understand how this works. When people in the church don't give, then the kitchen suffer. See, that's what you got to understand. That's why you, you have to give your portion. Now, I'm going to show you how you know you're supposed to give. God give you a job, and he give you enough to pay your bills and more. That's how you know you're supposed to give. Most people know that, but they, they got other things that they are doing, and they say, well, I don't have it to give. But you got this going on, that going on, that going on, and then you say, I don't have it to give. I'm quite sure. See, in the old covenant, they had to give their offering, that was called tithe, before they did anything else. See, we say to the Lord, Lord, we love you. You are first in my life. You are priority. But when you get your check, you do everything before the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you. But my wife and I, this is how we live. We give over 15%. My wife and I. Over 15% every year. 
If they can give 10 under the, under the law, I can give 15 under grace. That's how I look. But I don't have these other habits. You see, I used, to, I, I used to tell God I couldn't give. But when you go back and look at all the habits and all the excess and all the other things you do, you sure can't give. Not to the Lord. So you got to, you, that's, that's you and the Lord. I'm not going to expose you in here. I'm not trying to do that. But that's how you find out. You see? So my wife and I, my, but you ought to, you ought to start somewhere. I never forget when I was growing up in church in Mississippi and they used to have a, a little thing to have come around. That we didn't have no dollars then. We had quarters and 50 cents. That was big time to us. All right. We, we didn't make but $15 a week. And they took taxes out of that. So you can understand what I mean. So but when it came down to the offering, and I, I remember a person said that to me, Give something. Give something. Now, you're going to get your statement pretty soon in this house. they already been mailed. Now, you got to be able to be honest with you and the Lord. When you look at what you made and what you give, you, just you, nobody but you, nobody know that. they already been sealed up. you got to be saying, you know what? That's a shame. Because look what God gave you. See, that was what God gave you. Look what you gave God. That's how you're supposed to look at your offering. Had nothing to do with it. The Bible said, freely you have received, freely give. Under the covenant of grace, nobody's making you do anything. But I feel like this. If God blessed me so I can give 10% if I was under the law, I'm under grace now. Look all God did for me under grace. And look how I treat him. See, when I go back and show you this here, they, we are to give according as God has blessed us. Otherwise, from all of how God gives us, we ought to give him. Now, you listen at your heart. This is what I mean by grudgingly. I gave God some of that check. But he's not getting none of that one. See, that's how people, that's how people talk. But see, the kid, you deal with it, you did it with it between the Lord. Because I'm gonna say something to you. At my age, the most the, the most valuable thing that you could ever have in this life is your health. It's not your money, it's your health. So when you withhold from the man, the only somebody that can help you, you think about it, it ain't worth it. I tell my wife, my wife will tell me, people give me money, and when people give me money, I tell my wife, put what we gonna give God, take it out of there. Everything, I don't care what it is, when you give me an offering on, for my anniversary, 10%, 15%. Pretty much 15% of them say go towards giving it back to the Lord. I will not forget the Lord. See, when, when I give to the Lord, I'm remembering that he gave it to me. 
and I'm not going to forget him. So that's why he's the first person that I'm going to give. Now, I'm just telling you, now let's stop right there and clap. I don't know some of y'all patty cake, patty cake, baker, man. But that's how you got to live your life. Now, you can do what you want to do. My job is to tell you. But when you get your statement, if you get a statement, because if you haven't given anything to the ministry, you don't have no statement. But if you gave, I think, $5, $10, $5, we're going to see your statement. Now, you got to be able to say, you know what? This is why I don't have. Because I'm going to show you that's a spiritual principle. See, when God said love one another as he has loved you, then how did God love you? How many thousands of dollars did he love you with? How many thousands did you love him back? See, God allows us to make our own decisions. God gives us the whole and let us pay him. Think about it. When I get my check every week, he gives me my whole check. And being my age, I get Social Security, thank the Lord. And now I have to sit down, my wife and I, and say, God allowed us to have this. For those who think Social Security is, is $100 million, it's like fifteen to 20000 a year. All right, but thank the Lord for that. Amen? But now, I, even out of that, we give God his potion. See, that's how you got to do Because if it wasn't for the Lord, I wouldn't be getting it. See, if you ever start thinking that way, everything I have, whatever comes in my life. See, I worked at General Motors 30 years. I cannot remember. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to use her. My sister over there, I'm going to use her for an example. Sister Lily, Lily Boer. Do you, do you remember General Motors giving us $5,000 bonuses any time in our 30 years? Like people doing now? We didn't get no kind of money like that. People now getting five, ten, fifteen thousand dollar bonuses. Think about it. The Lord let you do that. During our time, we we didn't. I don't remember ever seeing a thousand dollar bonus out of thirty years. How many know what? What? what anybody worked? You remember? You remember? You getting the bonuses? You, you don't even know. What my guy, Big John? What about you? You got the bonuses, gentlemen? Proper share, what they was calling. Yes. We call it bonuses. Proper share. Do y'all remember getting ten, fifteen thousand dollars yes. General Motors? Not from General Motors, right? <laughs> but but my point is, what should I do if God proper shared me, gave me extra money, ten thousand dollars? I gotta remember the man. You understand what I'm saying? I'm saying that because during my time, we didn't get it. I'm not, being, I'm not being mean to you. Thank God you're getting something. But don't forget God. Now, I'm going to get to that a little later on. Because to, to whom much is given, much is required. Now, I'm going to show you what that means. Because that's one of the grace gifts. A grace gift means 
how much God has graced you with. See, you can't look at somebody else and say, well, you ought to give this much. God didn't give them that much grace. See, God, that's not required of him. That's why every man got to give his own severability. So, now, I'm not saying, I'm going to show you how all of this work in Paul ministers. So, I got to go to work. Can't talk about that no more. All right. Now, let's go to Mark chapter 14, verse 3 to 9. I'm not going to read all of that. I'm going to show you what it is because I have too much to read all of these things. Mark chapter 14, verse 3 to 9. I'm going to show you what it is, but I'm just going to go to my point. This is a woman who anointed Jesus for his burial. So we're going to go down and look at uh, verse number five. And the Bible said they murmured against her because they felt like she wasted the ointment on Jesus. And verse number six, and Jesus says, let her alone. Why trouble you her? She has wrought a good work on me. For you have the poor with you always. Now, what is he quoting? Deuteronomy 15. You have the poor always with you. Let her alone. You have the poor always with you. She has wrought a good work on me. You have the poor always with you. She has wrought a good work on me. Okay, I'm turning my mic down what I'm doing. All right. Verse 7. You have the poor with you always, and whenever you will, you may do them good. You're always going to have poor people here. Thank you. You always have poor people. You're always going to have poor people. So it's not like you're going to ever get away from it. But whenever you can, the Bible said, do them good. She has done what she could. She has come aforetime to anoint my body to the burial. So I'm not teaching on that. You can read that later. But my whole point is they didn't want him, them to waste that good old ointment on Jesus. But my point is she was poor. That was all she could give. There were some places where people gave pennies. That's all they could give. So God not looking at that. God looked at the heart. All right. Now let's, let's go to work. So we're going to go. We're going to move on to the next one because I want to get somewhere. Let's go to the book of Acts. And we're going to show you a verse in verse number chapter 24 and verse 17. Just going to show you one verse because we're going to follow that. Remember, Peter, James, and John told Paul and Barnabas, remember the poor in their ministry. Don't forget the poor. And we're going to show you what, what Paul is going to do uh, in Acts 24, 17. Just one verse. Because I want to I use this for a launching pad. Acts 24 and verse 17. Now, after many days, now he's in witnessing before Felix. And he's going to say this. After many years, I came to bring arms. I came to bring arms to my nation. He's talking about Jerusalem, talking about Israel. And an offering. 
I came to bring alms to my nation and an offering. All right? Now, remember that. We're going to show you it's like a launching pad. Why did he felt like he had to give? Now, he's going to go, but let's go to Romans 15, 25. You're going to ask, go forward. We'll go to Romans 15, 25. Let's show you why he was teaching the Gentiles that they should give to the nation of Israel. Romans chapter 15. Now, I started last week on verse 1. I'm not going to read that because chapter 14, God talked about those who weaken the faith. Chapter 14, verse 1. Chapter 15 in verse 1, he talked about strong in the faith. He's talking about how they should live. And now we're going to go to uh, verse number 8. I'm not going to read that. I'm going to go to Romans 15, and we're going to go down to verse number 25. Because I don't have the time. Verse number 25. But now, he says, I go to Jerusalem, watch, watch, watch this, to minister to the saints. That's why I keep saying to you in the Bible, saints are Jews. I know we like to say, good morning, saints. It's okay. You can say saints if you want to, but saints in the Bible was talking to the Jewish church, the church of God. All right. So, so Paul says, I go to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it has pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make certain contributions for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. Once again, he's telling you the saints were at Jerusalem. And they were making contributions to go to Jerusalem to take them an offering. And I'm going to show you why. It had pleased them verily, talking about the people at Macedonia and Achaia, it pleased them verily, and their debtors they are, if the Gentiles have made, been made partaker of their spiritual things. See, we got the Bible. What he's saying is we got the Bible from the Jewish people. I reckon you do know that. We got the Old Testament from the Jews. No other nation had the Bible but the Jews. So all these other religions that you're hearing, God is not their God. It's not in this Bible. Only place in the Old Testament, he says, I am the God of Abraham, I'm the God of Isaac, I'm the God of Jacob, I'm the God of Israel. You're never going to hear no other nation in this Bible going to say, God is their God. The God you have is not their God. They are not talking about your God. That's not in this Bible. And something else I want to say to you in this Bible, because people want to be Jews today. And you got many churches are, are turning saying, we are the nation of Israel. Listen, never, ever. Because first of all, we do not have Jews anymore according to the word. The word Jew, the word Jew came from the word circumcision. The people who were circumcised under Moses' covenant the covenant of circumcision was called Jews. That covenant ended when grace came. Now, you can read Romans chapter number uh, 
Well, I'll do that to help you out because I want to bring up something. I want to show it to you. See, we don't have that anymore. And I know people saying, yeah, but the Lord going to come back for the Jews. You don't have Jews no more. See, all that's over. You need to be taught the word. All right, Romans chapter number uh, four. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do chapter three, the last few verses, and that's going to be sufficient. Um, yeah, we'll start at 27. Romans 3, right? I'm not finished with Romans 15. I'm going to come back. I want to show you that. What I want to show you where you can read circumcision and how it was for the Jews and what it is today. Let's go there first. Romans chapter number 3. And verse number 27 says, where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law? The law of works? No, but the law of faith. Therefore we conclude. Now you know what it means when a conclusion of something. That man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentile also. Verse number 30. I'm not done. I want to start here, but I want to, I want to take you to the end of the next chapter. I think I should have been at chapter 2 and I didn't have to worry about this. Yeah, I just do chapter 2 and I don't have to worry about this. All right, he's a God of the Jews also. He's a God of the Gentiles. That's the verse I just read. Now let's go back to Romans chapter 2 and start verse 25. I do this one and that'll give you my clarity. Romans chapter 2 and verse 25. For circumcision, now remember circumcision with Jews. They were Jews, and they got in the Abrahamic covenant through the circumcision of the flesh. And only the man was circumcised under the covenant. For the circumcision verily profited if thou keep the law, but if thou be breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made unto us uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision, which was called Gentiles, keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee who by the letter, the letter of the law, and circumcision does transgress the law. Here it is, verse 28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. See, a person is not a Jew outwardly just because he got circumcised. Neither is circumcision is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. So me, people are not Jews after the flesh no more. Verse 29. But, it, but he's a Jew which is one inwardly. So Old Testament, it was circumcision of the flesh. New Testament, to be a Jew, you're circumcised in the heart. Only word Jew means we have a covenant with God. They were circumcised in the old covenant, meaning they had a covenant with God. New covenant, they have a covenant with God. Okay. Now, in verse number 29, but he's a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, and the spirit, and not in the law, in the law, the letter, whose praise is not in men, but of God. All right. Uh, I'm looking for somebody over here to know what, what I need done. As long as you've been with me, you ought to know. My daughter know. 
thank you. I mean, cut the heat up one notch. It's simple. All right. Now, let's go back to work. Do everybody understand what that? Go back to Romans 15, right? I'm not here to fuss. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. See, in Christ, you don't have none of that. Because in Christ, you're neither male or female, born or free. You're all one in Christ. Somebody say amen. All right. Now, in Romans chapter 15, and we are down to verse number 25, and we've been uh, reading. Let's go to verse 27, because that's the verse I really want, verse 27. Romans chapter 15, verse 27. It has pleased them verily, and their debtors they are, for if the Gentiles have been made partaker of their spiritual things, which is the word of God, their duty is also to minister to them in carnal things, which were money. So the reason why Paul was taking up money from the Gentiles, giving it to the Jewish believer, because first of all, I'm going to show you, they were had a famine. So that's how they got to be poor. And verse 28, verse 28 says, when therefore I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come to you in Spain. And I am sure that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ. All right. Now, that's why they gave. Let's go to the next one. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. So you can be able to have, get the tape or the DVD and, and, and see this. But this is why they gave, because they got the word from the Jewish people. Now, those poor saints at that time were Jewish saints. So let's look at it. The reason why is they had a famine. Just want to let you know why. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. You're going to hear the word sown and reap. Watch how it's categorized. If we have sown, now we know what, what happened under you spiritual thing. That's the only time you're going to hear sown and reaping. If the Jewish believer gave to the body of Christ spiritual thing, which is the word of God, it is a great thing if we shall reap your carnal thing. See, Jesus Christ did not come to the Gentiles. Jesus Christ came to the Jews. So we got Jesus Christ because the Jews rejected him. That's how we got Jesus Christ. So we got Jesus Christ from the Jews. All right, here in verse number 12. If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. So he's telling them, that's how. If we could, if we could do this, if we can give the Jews corner things, take up money and give to them when we get there, maybe they will receive the gospel. See, Paul was a wise man. You see? And he's, he's, it's a spiritual principle. He already gave you a Galatians 6 and 6. I'm not going back there. 
Even the man of God that teaches you spiritual things, you should give to him of your kind of thing. See, people, people will come get the word, but they'll never give. They don't understand why they're poor. That's why people come to poverty. That's why we had last week when Jesus gave you Matthew chapter 25, when he says that he was naked, poor, in prison, thirsty, hungry, and they didn't give to him. We'll go back and show you right now. Right now, we'll come right back here. Matthew chapter 25, just two verses. Matthew 25 and 40. So you have to understand how to operate God's system. See, everything you got is yours. But God allowed you to be the person who handled his business. It's not your money. Once you get that in your head, you'll realize you brought nothing into this world and you would carry nothing out. You can only be a steward over what God trusts you with. And God said, lay not, this is what he told the disciple, lay not up for yourself treasure on earth where moth and mildew and rust break through and steal, but lay up your treasure in heaven that moth, mildew, and feed cannot get to. Well, how can I do that? See, when you give to people, when you give to the churches, that's why you can still write off your giving to the church today. They'll never, take, they'll never be taken away. Now, all this other stuff that we used to do, we can write off. You can't write it off no more. But what you give to the Lord, you can still write it off. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. I think you ought to understand that. Now, what does it mean to say I can still write it off? Most of the money you give to the church, God gives it back to you. Thank you for that amen. Thank you for that amen. You go back and look at your taxes. You don't have nothing else. If you got a home and pay taxes or something like that, a new car this year, you can write that out. But if you gave to the Lord, you can write that off. And most of that, God gives it back. And yet people won't give. Or they won't give what they're supposed to. God blessed them with a 200,000, they give God five. Now, something wrong with that picture. I ain't talking about you. My wife and I give, and we do that because we have learned this principle. How can I believe God to pay off a church and he can't even trust me with my check. I'm believing God to give me money from other folks' check, but I won't do what I'm supposed to do with my check. See, that don't go good. If you were sitting in my position, you would know why. So many churches are closed. The person who stands here must be a cheerful giver. And people, if you've been in this ministry for any while, you know it. I live to give. I find a reason to give. But the reason I do that is not because I got a lot of money. My wife will tell you we don't have no money, but we are cheerful givers. 
Because God gave us his son, he gave us his Holy Spirit, he gives us his grace every day, and I'm thankful. And I want to express my giving. Listen, when I give to you, let me say, this is, see, this is a marriage principle. When you, what, how you treat your wife is not what she deserves. The Bible said, as, read it real good, as unto the Lord. See, the, re, the way I treat my wife is what? As unto the Lord. My wife would tell you this. I said this to my wife, everything I get this year, I'm giving it to you. Now, that's not your business, all the other stuff. But that's why I told my wife, everything is given to me this year. My wife has borne my children to the world, been with me for 53 years. I said to her, everything that you have, that I, that's given to me this year, I give it to her because I want her to know I'm going to follow God's principle. I ask God, how can I love my wife as myself? And I found out no greater love than this, that a man lay down his life. He taught my a friend. When you give your money, you give your life. Now, you can look at it any way you want it, but that's what you work for. And that was your life. And people would say, oh, I'll give the Lord my life. You don't even give him your money. How you don't give him your life? Your money is your life. You give him some of your life, a part of your life. See, this is what we're going to show you in here. The reason why the Apostle Paul was such a powerful man of God, he realized his whole thing was to make sure he ministered to, the, to his own people. Remember his heart when he gave us Romans chapter 10. My heart desired and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. So what he did when he went to all the churches, the Bible said he robbed churches to give that money to the Jewish believer, hoping that they would turn to the Lord and receive God's salvation that God has sent them. And they did not. So we have to understand, but his whole thing was he went to minister to the poor. See, we can't ever forget that in this ministry. And I'm telling you, we, 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 we spend money in, in this church on groceries. Always have. But we do that because we don't want to forget when people, not just you in here, people call our church all the time. Regardless of what day it is, my wife will tell you, we need groceries. See, I can't say, you don't need no groceries. You've been over to the Salvation Army already. See, that's what, I can't help that. See, we've been doing this over more than 25 years with a food bank at our church. Because we know the importance. I know the importance. We at this church know the importance of having stuff here when somebody needs some. And I'm not going to ever want to turn nobody away. The Lord said to the Old Testament believer, when you've done this to the least of these, my brother told me his 12 disciples, You've done it unto me. And then again, he said, be careful how you entertain strangers. For some of you have entertained angels 
unaware. Clap your hands. I'm going to stop right there. Come on, get up, get up, get up on your feet. Get the Lord a great big hand. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 on the screen. Come on, let's get the Lord another big hand. I'm showing you how to be blessed. I'm showing you by the grace of God how to be blessed. You got to understand something. When you, whatever you got is not yours. And you got to come to a place where when you do something, you're not doing it for me. You're doing it as unto the Lord. So whatever I do to my wife, you know how I'm doing the Bible says? As unto the Lord. Go back and read Ephesians 5 sometime. As unto the Lord. So how I treat my wife is as unto the Lord. So you got to understand when you give into a ministry, as unto the Lord. You're not giving that to me. It's putting the envelope and giving and, and pay the bills. Buy grocery for the house. See, it's, this is one big house. First Corinthians chapter 15. Come to this camera. And verse number one. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. See, Christ, think about what God gave us. When you think about giving this year, think about what God gave us. The Bible said, for God so loved us, loved the world, loved Israel at that time. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God Israel rejected the salvation, and you know what God did it? He gave it to us. God gave us his son. God gave us his grace. God gave us, guess what? Ephesians 1 and 3 said, Blessed be the Lord God who has blessed us. Come on, thank him for it. All spiritual blessings in heavenly place in Christ. God gave us everything. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.